Here's the statistic that surprised us. Although perhaps it shouldn't have, the average person will change jobs 12 times in their lifetime and will total change careers between five and seven times during that same period, which may explain why more people are seeking to diversify their career opportunities. Not only does it give you a way to expand your knowledge, experience, and network, but it helps you create multiple streams of income. Stay tuned, friends, because we're excited to introduce you to two such people. And like many multi-talented women, perhaps even just like you, their diversified career paths have led them to finding their bliss. You're listening to the Sticky Brand Lab Podcast, where time-strapped professionals like you learn how to create a business you love in as little as three hours a week. Do you have an entrepreneurial desire, but you're already working a full-time job and wondering if you should follow your dream? You're not alone. Of the nearly three out of 10 or roughly 70 million Americans that run a side business, less than half were motivated by the desire to create a passive income. In fact, 38% reported starting their business to do something fun or to do something they truly enjoy. 28% wanted to develop new skills. And 16% wanted to test a specific business idea before making the leap. Today's guests know a thing or two about that. Meet Mariana Suarez and Noel Tubner. Hi, guys. Thank you for having us. So excited to be here. We're so glad that you're here. Noel is an embodiment and integration coach and wellness guide whose services and talents include lifestyle coach and human design reader, Pilates, Yoga, Longevity, and she's the podcast co-host of The Bliss Project. Oh, wow. We can't wait to hear more about all of this, particularly what is human design and what does a human design reader do? We shall see. Mariana is a winner experience specialist with Omaze International, a certified Zumba and Stretch Flex instructor, a proud children's book author of Yes, You Can, Said the Two Can, and podcast co-host of The Bliss Project. Equally wow, we love your title, Mariana, winner experience specialist. Immediately sounds like you bring joy to people. (laughs) Welcome, Mariana and Noel. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you for having us. Well, It was a long time coming, and so it's great that you're here as part of being in 2022. At the top of the show, we mentioned that the average person will change jobs 12 times throughout their career and will completely change their total career focus five to seven times. You two know a little bit about that, so if you wouldn't mind, give us your background and how those numbers actually apply to you. Well, this is Mariana. After you shared those stats, I was like, yeah, that's definitely us. 38% of people doing something that they basically shift just because they want to do something that they're passionate about and that they love. And it's not work, something that they really just want to focus on. And I think that's always been what guides me in my career path challenge and like finding myself. For example, just working from when I was 15 years old and just figuring out who I was as a person. And then obviously leading to like being a professional after graduating college and different jobs that I've had, but establishing the podcast, that's something that Noel and I came together and we're just like, hey, 
we should do something that we're really just passionate about, that we want to have fun doing, or we're such good friends and enjoy spending time together. But the fact that we can use our energy to focus on something that brings us joy. And it also is helpful to us in learning new skill sets. Like I didn't even know how to edit certain things on for the podcast. Like we, we do a lot of the back end work ourselves. That was a learning for me. And I've learned so much. And the fact that I'm now more comfortable in doing those things, and I still have so much to learn. But in going through the process, it really is about those stats. We're definitely in that category of people that are looking to get better skill sets, also to just do something that we're passionate about and that we love and really feel like we're doing something other than just the nine to five. Although obviously I do have a nine to five, which I am so grateful for because it is something that I am excited and working in, in this particular role that I'm in. I actually get to work with a, a company that is for profit, but is there to help charities and different charity partners. So it's a win-win all around and we get to provide winners with really amazing experiences. So yeah. Mariana, for people who don't know what Omaze is, could you say what that is? And specifically, what is your title, Winner Experience Specialist? Omaze basically provides these different experiences for people to bid on or to donate for, for a chance for them to win this experience. And basically, the funds are then provided to different charity partners that we partner with to help them in their cause or their causes. My specific role is basically to help once a winner is confirmed for an experience, I help them through the process of confirming them and then fulfilling that experience for them. It really does provide a life-changing experience for everyone that happens to win. And it's just so gratifying because not only is it really great that people have donated just because they want to help, but to then you're basically able to reward this person for a good deed. It just feels so good to do that. Can you give us one example of a winner experience yes. and the charity that it benefited? Yes, it, I'm in the international portion of the business. So I get to deal with a lot of UK winners. And there was a winner that had won the house for the UK, like it's a region in the UK, but it was tied to the Alzheimer's organization, Alzheimer's UK. It's just so interesting to hear the stories like people are donating because they have a tie to the charity and they either have a grandparent or somebody that they know, a friend that was suffering through this and the fact that they were able to donate to the cause and then all of a sudden win a three million pound house wow. is incredible. Like, <laughs> wow. But it's really beautiful just because you really see how not only are they helping people that are experiencing hardships through Alzheimer's, for example, but the fact that then you're able to help this family do a good deed. It's really cool. No wonder your title is so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Noelle, could you give us a little bit about your background? I moved to California in my 20s and well, I was a dancer and had the dream of being an actress. And then I went to Peru on a yoga retreat and I think it was like 25. I came back and decided I wanted to change the world. So I began teaching yoga and meditation and moving down this more spiritual path, which had always been a significant part of my world. And naturally, being a dancer went into teaching fitness and Pilates because that was an easier way to make money at that time. And I also became a mom at 29, a single mom. So that has guided a lot of my choices as well. I rolled into real estate in 2007, 2008. When you gave those stats about shifting careers, I was like, I seem to have five careers at one time. <laughs> it's how many multitask can I do? And I always called it the single mom hustle. I was good at it and good at different things, but I always found for myself to focus on just one thing 
was never the way that my flow kind of went in my life. You asked about human design. I learned about human design probably about five years ago now. And me understanding my human design, which is this tool, I'll explain it in a second, but basically answered all the questions of why I was that person that always needed a little bit more going on and why I did flow through life the way that I did. So human design is this amazing tool. It's kind of like, you know, you learn your Scorpio or you learn your Taurus. It's based on the time, place that you were born. And it's this chart that you're given that is based on astrology, your chakras, all these different systems that tells you who you were or who you are when you came into this world. And then through time, as we move through the world, we have what's called conditioning, limiting beliefs, the stuff that's put on us by our parents and society of you should do this, you should get married and have kids and do this. And it might not feel like naturally in tune with who you are. So we find as we move through life, there's certain parts of us that are fighting against it. And for myself, I was always fighting against it. My mom would say she walks to the beat of her own drum. She's unique. She's eccentric because I was trying to fit into this box that I never fit in. And then when I learned about my human design, I was like, oh, I'm not supposed to fit in the box. It was this whole clear picture. There's five design types. The one I have is Mariana and are both what's called projectors. They're very significant in your role in life. And projectors are more unique and they're here to guide. And it makes sense that this rolled me right into coaching and guiding, which was something that I naturally did anyway with my clients, even through fitness. And so it just seemed like this natural transition of how can I use this amazing tool as well as ritual practices, movement practices, and all the stuff that has helped me so much in my life, moving energy and stuff through the body to help other people. And I found my clientele tends to be women, especially women going through big transitions like divorce or single mother or health issues and how to get them to move through those times and up level or level up where they're at and get through the conditioning of, well, I should want this and I should want that and taking that out of the equation as to what feels more in tune with who you are. And so that has rolled me into also working with psychedelics and psychedelic medicine and microdosing and journeying because that has had such a significant role in my own processes of growth. And it's something that just felt so in line with starting to share with the world. And with coming around to the Bliss Project, when we decided to start this, you know, we'd gone to Sedona yep. on a road trip. We both were looking for like a creative passion project. And to me, this was also a way to start having these amazing conversations with people who are coaches and guides and doing these side hustles and working with plant medicines and biohacking and getting all the things that I was so into that I thought everybody should know about and putting it on a bigger platform and also inspire people who are living their bliss, who have gone through Lyme disease, cancer, different things that have happened in their own world and how they've pushed through and been able to get to where they are right now. So is that what motivated you to start your podcast? What is the story behind that? Yeah, we went to Sedona and Sedona is such a beautiful place and just such great energy. And we had always just talked about doing something together. And it was something that Noel brought up. And I'm like, you know, that's a great idea. And the fact that we have the opportunity to have so many different conversations with so many different people that there's always a lesson, a learning that applies to everyone that's involved. And if we're able to share that information with other people, great. It's such a pleasure to do that just because we're learning. Other people yeah. can learn. And even if it's one fun. person gets something out of mm -hmm. the episode that makes some difference or change in their life, to me, that's a way of being of service mm -hmm. and having a bigger impact on a greater scale than I can just do in my daily life. And I feel like 
the Bliss Project has given us the opportunity to do that and have mm-hmm. those conversations. I also think it's made us brave <laughs> because there's so many things that are new to us. And there's always that little voice in your head that's like, oh, but I don't know how to do that. Oh. But you have to try to fight that and just push it. And hey, push just do it. it. Just do it. They're you know? called fear gates. Yes. And so, <laughs> you know, that's an opportunity for us to also practice what we preach and also do service to ourselves. So it's helped me. I know the skill sets, so many things that I hadn't done before. Sounds like you had a dream and had no idea what you were doing, but decided to just fall forward and figure it out, right? Yeah, absolutely. How interesting this is because parents from a particular generation thought of, here's your box. Here's what your roadmap looks like. Follow it. But through your experience with human design and your bliss project, it sounds like what you're showing people is you can choose to stay in a box or you can go outside of the box and color the outside and walk the path of whatever journey you want to be in. Oh my gosh, absolutely. I tried to do the box. I went to college. I mean, my dad, I laugh all the time because he's like, I paid for a degree and you do absolutely nothing with it. I'm like, well, I got it. You wanted me to have the paper on the wall. It's one of those things, but it's not necessary if it's not your thing. The same thing when I got pregnant with my son, I was like, I have to get married and buy a house and do all this stuff that I thought I was supposed to do. And within two years, I was divorced and a single mom because it wasn't me. And I think we live in a place where to go out and start a podcast out of the blue and just be like, hey, let's just see if we can make this happen. People are like, what are you doing? Some people were really supportive and some people are like, why would you even think to do that right now? You really got to listen to what's right for you. Mm -hmm. And what lines up for you. And it's really hard sometimes where there's so much noise going on around you from society. And like you said, our parents and stuff that's telling you, no, you need to go a different way because that's all they know. They're doing the best that they can as well. And they're advising the best way they know how, especially like with rituals and practice or whatever your connection is, be able to tune back into yourself to know what you really want for yourself. It really is about following your intuition. A lot of us, we can sense if we're following the right path and tapping into that because we know what's best for ourselves. And you really just have to dig deep. And that's part of the brave aspect of this. That's part of what we want to share on the podcast too. Teaching people things like human design, meditation, or talking about how these tools have affected our guests and how they've, you know, we had one talk about yoga and how just finding a center and get quiet in his mind with meditation and yoga, how he came to terms with his sexuality. There's Mm -hmm. so many good nuggets of information of these things that can help you get back because really it's all about coming back to yourself. How do you manage your personal compass, your jobs, your families, your other interests, and your podcast? <laughs> this is a huge lesson for me because I I'm was taking actually, notes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was actually, when I first learned about human design, I was like, oh, I'm a generator. So for you that don't know, there's five types. There's generator, manifester, manifesting generator, projector, and reflector. Most people are generators or manifesting generators. They're the go-getters, your nine to fivers, get shit done. That's was me. I was taught to be independent, take care of myself, do things on my own. I worked my ass off and I was always exhausted and I couldn't figure out why. And then I learned I was a projector and was actually a little upset about this at first. (laughs) A projector is like, wait for the invitation, work three to four hours a day, rest when you need to. What? That sounds great. I don't know why. Well, no, it sounds great, but nobody told me I could rest. And the beauty of this was that I really got to practice this when COVID happened because I wasn't working four to five days a week at a studio. I wasn't selling real estate on the side. I wasn't running around trying to get shit done. And so I got to really embrace this design of, okay, what do I feel like doing today? What's showing up for me today? What am I being invited to do? And my life started to flow so much better. The creativity came in. It really helped me tap into 
how just to live better for myself. And what's funny is when the world started coming back per se, I got back into that energy of like, okay, now I got to get you done. I like, I started working against my design and sure enough, the universe was like, okay, we're going to slap you in the face here. Here's a block to show me that this is not how it works for me. And especially as a projector, you just need to literally sit on your couch and do nothing. And it's so hard because we're taught to go out and get it. Now, if you're a generator or even a manifester, yes, the universe is like, here, try this, try this. And you're like, yes. Yes. No, it's such a different energy. Even how we're dealing with the podcast, we have times where we're like, okay, we're on, we're focused, mm -hmm. we got this, we're in a rhythm. And then there's other times where it's, okay, well, it's not really there right now. And we don't push it. We honor that. Yeah. And it's kept us in this really nice flow where as opposed to having a spreadsheet and having a schedule of how we need to actually do things would not work for either one of our types. And for me, I think too, is part of just being present in anything that you're doing. Yes. For example, I'm present when I'm working with Omaze and really tapping into that. And then outside of that, I'm present in that moment. Like I love being out in nature. I love going outside and it brings me so much joy. And I feel like being better at staying present in the moment, because there are a lot of different factors that can distract you. And obviously like then you have a million thoughts and just being in the moment is just so important to me. And it's not forcing it. Don't force, even if you're doing like self-care practice or you know, things like that, if you're not feeling it, maybe your plan is to get up early and meditate for 50 minutes before your day. But there might be days where you're not feeling it. And that's totally okay. Give yourself a break. Obviously, also hold yourself responsible and accountable for what you want to do, because there also needs to be action. As a projector, you're not going to be sitting on the couch and just like, all right, universe, give me what I need. Yeah, and no, that just magically <laughs> happens. Like, I wish it was that easy. Yeah, it's more just <laughs> taking a moment to pause, but let things flow and then take action. Can you tell us what strategies did you guys implement to address your fear gates, your self-doubts? It's interesting that you said that because there was fear. I think because this felt so aligned, it wasn't stopping us fear. It was more of like, we'll figure this out fear. Mm -hmm. There's always the fear of, will somebody listen? Will they like us? I remember the first time I mentioned psychedelics and journeying on a podcast. And I was like, Ooh, I just said that out loud. I'm very open about it now. But it was one of those things where I couldn't take it back. And then also I said something about religion and my mom and I was like, Oh, my God. I was like, I can't believe I just said that my mom's <laughs> gonna be so upset with me. But now there's these moments where I'm like, but no, this is me showing up the most authentic I can as myself. And so instead of finding judgment, when, for example, I screw up an email or a text or some document that Mariana's put together that I can't figure <laughs> out how to use. Now I just call her and I'm like, hey, I can't. I'm just gonna put it over here. Can you help? I've just learned that sometimes it's better to just be like, hey, I don't got this. I'm just scared that it's not gonna work and actually voicing it. Cause sometimes when you voice it, it's not as scary as it sounds in your head. I think it's a knowing when to ask for help because like you said, you've been brought up in, or conditioned to do everything yourself and I got to work hard. It's okay to ask for help. For me, for example, with trying to get over the fear of things that I don't know, I try to tap into my childlike mindset. For me, starting the podcast, there are a lot of things that I didn't know and still things that I don't know, but I'm learning. But I looked at it as, okay, this is fun. I'm with my friend. It made me think of like when we did school projects back in the day and you're like, all right, we're going to do this. I remember I remember, I don't, I don't know, maybe I was just a dork and geeky or whatever, but we used to- <laughs> You still I used to, are. Yeah, <laughs> I think that is a compliment. And so for me, this is a, a fun school project that we're doing together. Yeah. And like, hey girl, I don't know how to do this. It's scary too, because yeah. I don't know stuff, but it's like that saying that says that you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. And, and not being in that overthinking brain. Yeah. I think both of us have worked past that for myself. Mm -hmm. Being overprepared does not work for myself or my design or any of who I am. And every time I try to be too overprepared for anything, it doesn't come off authentic 
authentic and natural. It's a matter of finding what really sits well with you, resonates with you, and just follow that. And again, yes, there's going to be challenges, but that's part of the process. When it comes to overthinking, there might be something that you procrastinate on and you're like, oh man, I don't want to do this because I just, I don't know how to like- I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't know how to start it. (laughs) You start thinking about it and then you start making this story in your head that ends up creating more fear. And then one day you're just like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. And then you do it and you're like, I could have just done this so long ago and not have had that whole month that I was thinking about all the things, making these stories in my mind and that it wasn't even as bad as I thought it was going to be. The thought of fear, that whole thought is greater than actually doing the thing you're afraid of. Yep. We were talking about fear gates in human design and the fear gates have a positive and a negative vibe to them. So the fear is the negative, the fear of doing something or the fear of failure. But the positive or the uplifting trait of it is a knowing, trusting yourself, having this knowing. And fear is not necessarily bad. It is a way to motivate you to take action, but it's a matter of are you using that to help you take the action or are you using that as a thing that holds you back? Yeah. So for the two of you, how have you managed and persevered when times get tough? And what tips or strategies can you share with us that may benefit other people as well who are listening? I think that we ultimately have the choice to see our situations and either dwell on it and focus on the negative or try to find a learning and a positive aspect of that challenge. There's a lot of things happening, but I also know that there are things that are outside of my control and that the only thing that I can really control is how I choose to live my life, show up for myself and for the people that I care about. And it really is about self-love. Do things that really help your vibration and be in a frequency of gratitude, appreciation, Also, what you mentioned earlier about being present. I had a really rough start to this year and I was not expecting a lot of what happened. And there was moments that I've learned that sometimes you just got to sit in it and feel it and own it. I think when you start down a bigger spiritual path of wanting to tune back into yourself, the universe is going to show you your stuff, right? Instead of judging myself and getting mad or going back to, I could have done this differently or I could have done that differently. It was more of a compassion and love for myself. Now you're aware, you start to have this awareness about yourself and you can't go back and finding some simple thing that can start to pull you out of that space and the understanding that it doesn't always have to be like, uh, like so heavy and this victim, there can be growth and joy. You talked about a specific emotion, that there were two sides to it. And then as I was listening to both of you, the idea was even fear or sadness. There's two sides. You're not saying don't embrace it or don't lean into the tough time, the emotion. You're saying there's also what can I do that works for me to move beyond it, not get stuck there. So I just wanted to make sure that the examples that I heard were lean into it, recognize it, slow down, pay attention to it, and then do the thing that works And stay there as long as you need. Sometimes, you know, like I said, the beginning of the year was tough for me. And there was a couple of days I need to just lay in bed and not do anything and just feel what's going on. Like sitting at the beach for hours, sobbing, just trying to figure out what was going on. But by doing that and allowing myself to have that process, it's not that it's not here. It's just transmuted and it's a different energy now for me. If I wouldn't have given myself that time, and I'm so thankful that the universe made me not feel good and sick. So I had that time because I would not probably have taken that time on my own. It's a huge lesson I've learned that when that stuff is showing up, if I just take that time to be in it and then start to find the way out of it as quickly as I can for myself possible, then it's not going to show up a year later. 
Because if you don't work through your lessons, it's going to, the universe is like, hey, let's just give it to you again. Let's just try it again. And also know that the process is gradual. You're not going to jump from feeling depression to then total joy. Joy. Like that just, it's too big of a leap in emotion to do. Take your time. Take the time that you need. Be kind to yourself. And don't just dismiss it. And know that nothing is permanent. That's good advice. Nothing is permanent. Things will change. So hang in there. What advice can you offer for helping others find their own bliss? Go do it. No, um, <laughs> yes. Just do it. Isn't that what Nike How? said? Oh, what do, do I do? Yeah. <laughs> just do it. Nike would be proud. Honestly, it's just really follow your gut and intuition. You know better than anyone else what you like, don't like, what feels good, what inspires you. What makes you happy when yeah. you're just, I think when people get into what is my bliss, what it's kind of like, what is my purpose? There must be some big answer, right? That I'm looking for. But your purpose could be walking dogs and picking up trash on your way to the beach because you're now helping somebody else with something. Like it doesn't have to be this big thing. Your bliss doesn't have to be this big thing. For me, bliss, honestly, at the end of the day is eating freaking chocolate before I go to bed. <laughs> that is something that makes me so, and my matcha green latte that I get every freaking day. But if you're really good at doing something and you're creative and you're making clothes or whatever it is, and it can turn into a career, then that's even better because you're following your passion. But as soon as it feels like bitterness, frustration, aggravation, something that's not bringing you joy anymore. Forced. Yeah, forced. Pivot. Just pivot. So it doesn't have to be a big pivot, but pivot. And know that you're not alone either. Great words of wisdom. And so that we can learn a little bit more from your wisdom. We're going to shift just slightly and ask you, if you had a magic wand and could bestow three things on any woman dreaming of starting her own business or podcast or finding her bliss, what would those three things be? I'd give them a beautiful space to work in for whatever they would be working on. Cause I, for me, space is a huge thing and energy. And then I'd probably give them income for a year so they could really go into following this dream of theirs, whatever that looked like. And they didn't have to worry about everything else they had to do in order to be able to do what they wanted to do. That's two things. Yeah, oh, that's two. I know. Yeah, third one's all on you, girl. <laughs> I would say, honestly, I would bestow <laughs> confidence because especially for women, I feel it's always been a male dominated world and this and that. And it's really just about having that confidence to just do it and know that. Confidence and compassion for yeah. themselves. Yeah. Because I feel like they're going women process. also are very judgmental of themselves and feel like they put a lot of pressure and not only just to be a woman, a mother, a daughter, also an entrepreneur. We wear a lot of hats and we're very detail oriented and nurturing. And so we want to make everything perfect. But I feel like having the confidence to just go for it and know that, hey, if we mess up, it's fine. Courage, let's do it. So that would be one. I think having some kind of support, whether it's like monetary or just even resources, because a lot of times you don't necessarily know what resource you might need because when you're starting something new, you're not well versed in that particular subject that you might be interested in. You start to realize, oh, I might need a copywriter. And third would just be joy because (laughs) you can't live without joy. It's a great thing to have (laughs) because you have to have it through this process. I mean, you got to find the joy has to feel good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Very cool. Well, thank you, Noelle and Mariana, for being our guests. If someone wants to learn more about you, your podcast, where would listeners go or how can they connect with you? For The Bliss Project, you can go to our website, which is theblissproject777.com. And then also on Instagram, which mm-hmm. is The Bliss Project 
And for me personally, I think right now the easiest place is to find me on Instagram, which is my name, which is Noel, N-O-E-L-T-E-U-B-N-E-R, because all my stuff is shifting right now. Nice. And yes, for me, Instagram is great as well. And it's M-S-U-A-R 12. But also you can find our handles on our website. And you can also send us an email at theblissproject777 at gmail.com. Yeah, reach out. We'd love to hear from you. Mm -hmm. Not sure how to turn your idea into a profitable side business? Contact us at stickybrandlab.com forward slash contact. We'd be happy to help you. Be sure to come back next Tuesday and every Tuesday for another informative, inspiring, and motivating episode. And remember, action creates results. So tap into your desire to create a business and brand you love by taking 1% action every day. Small steps, big effects. I don't know how I follow up that, but... (laughs) (laughs) But let me start at the beginning when I was five. (laughs) 